All right, with that, we're going to dive into today's message. And so if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Psalm 67. And uh, we're going to dive in here. Before we do, just to give you a little bit of background, it was in December of 1985 that I went to a winter conference with Campus Crusade for Christ at the Marriott in Santa Clara. Now, some of you just came from that area because you were at the Taylor Swift concert at the Levi Stadium. But uh, Taylor Swift wasn't probably even born at that point, I don't know. But uh, I was there as a college student. It was my sophomore year at UC Santa Barbara. And I was invited to go to this conference. And I really didn't know what I was walking into. I really didn't know what was all involved with this winter conference known as Expo 85. Uh, at the Santa Clara Marriott, but my friends were going to be there, so I thought, hey, it's a good opportunity to hang out with my friends and have a great time, and so I said yes, and uh, so we had to wake up every morning like really super early because they were doing this satellite feed across the nation. I mean, thousands of college students across the United States and around the world were gathering for this thing known as Expo 85, and that was like cutting edge back in 1985 because Literally, it was before the internet, and they were linking together 100,000 uh, uh, people around 90 sites in 50 countries around the world. So this was a pretty big deal. But again, I had no idea what I was walking into. And so every morning, we'd have to get up, and like the conference started at 7 a.m., which was like a pretty big deal for a college student to get up and actually be ready for something at 7 a.m., right? And so we'd go into this, and we'd watch this video link about, and this little man would just kind of get on the screen, and he started in London, and then he went to Seoul, Korea, and then uh, uh, he went to West Berlin, and beyond that, ended up in Mexico City. And I'm like, who is this guy that's traveling across the globe to connect all these people and talk about evangelism and talk about the Great Commission and talk about making Jesus known among the nations? And I was just kind of puzzled and bewildered by this little guy and his passion for Jesus and his passion to make Jesus known, be made known among the nations. And so, uh, but... He, that man was Bill Bright. If I talk about him a little bit sometimes. He was the founder and president of Campus Crusade for Christ. He was the, the author of this four spiritual laws booklet. And that was the man that was traveling the globe and telling others about God's heart for the nations. And I walked away from that experience with just a life-changing experience of God opening my eyes to the reality that he wants his name to be known among the nations. And little did I know what that would mean for me and what that would involve. But when I think back upon that experience, I was struck by Dr. Bright's commitment to make Jesus known among the nations. And as we read our text today in Psalm 67, I am struck by the passion of this psalmist. And we don't know who the psalmist is, but I am struck by his passion to make the name of Yahweh known among the nations. And so as we read this text, I want you to listen to his passion for God to be known among the nations. Let's read it together. Psalm 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us, that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let all the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. Let all the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. 
God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity that we get to dive into your word this morning, to hear from you, and to really understand your heart for the nations. And so, Father, I pray that you would uh, open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts to receive what it is that you would have us to learn today. And may this result in just change hearts and minds and affection towards you and towards your name be known among the nations. We ask this in Jesus' name and God's people said, amen. Well, I'm not sure if you've caught this over the last eight weeks in our series in Psalms, but there has been a major theme in the book of Psalms, and it starts with this with the B word, and it's blessed. That there is a theme of blessing that is carried out throughout the book of Psalms. And I don't know if you caught it, but let me just recall over the last eight weeks how it kind of played out for us. And I want you to see whether it's implied or implicit there um, or stated, this is the theme of blessings carried out over the last eight weeks. So week one, Joe, Pastor Joe, introduced us to the book of Psalms in Psalm 1. And it says this in verses 1 through 2. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season. And so we began this journey of the last eight weeks with this idea that God blesses those who are like firmly planted and we yield fruit in our season because of how we are committed to him and to his word and basically hiding that in our heart. And then week two, Dane unpacked this idea out of Psalm 1911. It says, in keeping them, and that them is referring to God's commands, there is great reward. The great reward is idea of blessing. There is great blessing that comes in keeping God's commands. And then week three, uh, we hit Psalm 512, which says this, For you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him with favor as with a shield. And we talked about this idea is as, we seek the God, as we seek God and we pray to him that he will be a shield about us and a blessing for the righteous. In week four, Joe talked out of Psalm 133. In verse three, it says, For there, and speaking of this idea of unity in community, and a great job from Pastor Joe on this one, the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. And so then we moved on to Pastor Dan again, and he talked about uh, Psalm 46, that God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in times of trouble. And the idea there, again, is kind of implied that he blesses us and he wants us to be blessed in him. And then week six, I talked about Psalm 112. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. And we talked about this idea of generosity that comes and the blessing that comes as we give back to, as how God has given to us. And then last week, Pastor Dane talked out of Psalm 103, verse 1. And this was a psalm of David who prays that God would kind of soothe his soul and a blessing that he asked of the Lord. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. And so this idea of carrying out through. And then today we see in Psalm 67 in week 8 this idea that may God be gracious to us and bless us. Similar prayer, um, we don't know who the psalmist is, but much like David who prayed for God's blessing, he's asking that God. God would bless him, and there's a specific plan and purpose in that blessing. But I don't know if you caught this or not, but
But over the last eight weeks, what we did over the last eight weeks, maybe unbeknownst to you, maybe you caught it, was that we just covered the seven practices of apprenticeship. Anybody catch that? That over the last eight weeks, we covered the seven practices of apprenticeship, beginning with scripture meditation, talking about unceasing prayer, going to life together, talking about unhurried presence, talking about joyful generosity, talking about compassionate gentleness, and this week we're going to talk about this idea of faithful witness. And so what we did over the last eight weeks is we talked about, in the Old Testament, the practice of our seven practices of apprenticeship. And I get to talk about this idea of faithful witness. I'm super excited. That's why I'm talking really fast today, because I'm just so excited to get into the text. But blessing is a major, major theme in the Psalms. And it's a major theme in the Old Testament as well. And it's a major theme in the New Testament. It's through basically from Genesis to Revelation, beginning in Genesis chapter 12, when God blesses Abraham to be a blessing, and ending in, in Revelation, which is fascinating, the women are doing in the Bible study, the blessed series, which is the blessings of Revelation and the seven blessings that are talked about in Revelation. And there is a reason for that word being blessed, which we talked about a few weeks ago, means to be blissfully happy or content. That God wants us to be blissfully happy and content in him. And there is a reason and there is a purpose for our blessing, and that is found in this particular psalm. So let me just give you a little context before I kind of unveil everything and where we're going with this. But Psalm 67 opens up with the Aaronic blessing of Aaron. And uh, this verse 1 says, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. You familiar with that? You familiar with that text? We share it very often here at the end of our service when we quote out of Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 and through 26, which says this, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace right and so this is something that God had commanded Moses to share with Aaron that Aaron was to share as an ironic blessing to the nation of Israel and so the psalm begins in verse 1 in a repeat fashion of really what had happened with this ironic blessing that happened in Numbers chapter 6 and so but there's a purpose why God blesses us and that's in verse 2 of our text today it says this in verse 2, so that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all the nations. And so here's the gist, and here's where we're going, that God blesses us to be a blessing. That God blesses us to be a blessing. Ultimately, this psalm reinforces the covenantal blessing of Abraham in Genesis 12 that goes back and it says this in Genesis 12, verses 1 through 3. It says, Now the Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country and your kindred into your father's house into the land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. Now catch this. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And so this begins, this idea of blessing again, beginning in Genesis, Genesis 12, where God basically says, through Abraham and the seed of Abraham, I will bless you to be a blessing so that you can 
basically bring blessing to others. That all the families of the earth will be blessed. Now what is God saying and what is he referencing in Genesis 12? This idea that all nations will be blessed. It is that ultimately through the seed of Abraham, all nations will be blessed. He's referring to Jesus. He's referring to Messiah. He's referring to the promised one that will come through the seed of Abraham, through the lineage, through the godly heritage of Abraham, there will be a blessing. And ultimately, Jesus, who is the fulfillment of this promise here, is that blessing that Jesus would arrive on the scene some 1,800 years later. And so from the beginning of time, God has blessed us and blessed his nation to be a blessing to others. You guys tracking with me so far? Okay, awesome. I love amens. I love connecting, you know, so whatever you guys do, shout it out. Let's go. All right. So, but I want you to notice the progression of the blessing here. All right. So it begins in Genesis 12 with Abraham's family being the channel of blessing. Now, God doesn't mean that Abraham and his descendants were the only ones that were going to be blessed because it was through his family that all nations would be blessed, right? And so it's through his seed. So ultimately, all families on the earth will find their blessing through Abraham, the father of the nations. But when we move on to Numbers chapter 6 with this Aaronic blessing, and really what the channel blessing would be through the nation of Israel. So God moves from a family to a nation, and then we see in Psalm here that he wants to channel his blessing through his people. But how do we do that, and what are the purposes of the blessings? Well, great question. I'm glad you asked that. So let's dive in and understand why this is such an important theme in the book of Psalms, why it's such an important theme in the Bible, and why God blesses us to be a blessing. What is the purpose of our blessing? The first one is this, as we see in Psalm 67, in verse 2, so that God would be known among all the nations. God wants to be known among all the nations. Verse 2, that your way may be known upon the earth, your saving power upon all the nations. Did you know that God desires all men to be saved and come to a saving knowledge of himself? That Do you know that God wants his name to be known among the nations? This was mind-blowing to me at Expo 85 because I just thought God wanted to kind of win, you know, like First Baptist Church of San Mateo where I was beginning to engage in connection and community. But no, it's not just the Bay Area. God wants to win California. He wants the nation to be known. Uh, and he wants this name to be known throughout the United States of America. But ultimately around the world. That, his, that nations would be blessed because of Jesus. And that his name would be known amongst the earth. This is why in Acts 1.8 it says, You, referring to us, will be his witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. We worship, we serve a global God who wants his name to be known among the nations. So the first purpose and blessing is that so that God's name would be known among the nations. Secondly, it's this, so that God would be praised among the nations not only known but praised when you go out on the street like you ask the question do you believe in god you're most likely 70 80 percent of the people will say yes i believe in god but are they praising yahweh are they exalting him are they giving him the praise and glory and the honor to his name 
Do have they surrendered their lives to him? This is what it says in verse 3. Let all the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. This is a big theme in this passage. And in verse 5 it says, let the peoples praise you, O Lord. Let all the peoples praise you. To lift up your name, to give you the glory and the honor and praise that you are worthy of and deserving of. To be praised among the nations. There is no... There is no definition to the geography that God, we worship a global God that is being worshipped today, not only in Pleasanton, not only in Ensenada, not only in Guatemala, but around the world today, he is being worshipped and praised among us. That was a beautiful uh, thing about our trip to El Salvador as we went as a pastoral team last December to El Salvador to kind of learn more about compassion and their ministry was that they were worshiping the same God that we worship just in Spanish. They were using their native tongue and they were singing some of the same songs that we sing just in their native tongue that he was, God desires to be praised among the nations. So not only known, not only praised, but he desires to be enjoyed amongst the nations as well. It says in verse 4, let the nations be glad and sing for joy. Enjoying God means uh, relishing in the salvation that he has given to us through Jesus. Relishing in the salvation that he has given to us through Jesus. This is what it says in Habakkuk 3.18. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. There's joy coming into the presence of God, that he loves us, that he is for us, that he's made a way for us to spend life everlasting with him. There is joy in that. As it says in the Westminster Catechism, the chief end of man is to glorify God by enjoying him forever. We get to enjoy God forever, not just on this side of heaven, but for all of eternity. And so this reminds us of what we were created to do and in what we as we live out what we were created to do, we find enjoyment in it. You know, Pastor Dane talked about how sometimes he doesn't want to come to church on Sundays because, like, it's work to him. But, like, hey, you know what? I love coming to church on Sundays because I get to make God known among the nations. Not to say that I'm more spiritual than you, Pastor Dane, but we are just being authentic, right? And so, but we... <laughs> We get to enjoy God and we get to come into his presence that we get to enjoy the fellowship of his people together. I look forward to Sunday because I get to see all your faces and the joy that you bring me helps build up my faith. Lastly, we see this. We are blessed so that God will be feared among the nations. That God would be feared among the nations. We were talking about this idea of fear a couple weeks ago, and this idea that fear is not negative, right? It actually can be very positive, because this idea that it, we, God is for us, he loves us, he has plans to prosper us, not to harm us, to give us a hope in the future, but with that, when we fear God, it's really to stand in awe of him, and just to be amazed and, and revere him for who he is. That's the beautiful thing about this, that when we worship him and we come together, we see him for who he is, and it puts things in perspective for us, right? That the things of this world will go strangely dim in the light of its wondering grace. That was what it means to fear God. Not to be afraid of him, but to stand in awe of him. And God desires that his, his creation, his nations would stand in awe 
of him. That's the beautiful thing of community. That God would be known and praised, enjoyed and feared. And that's the purpose of what the psalmist is saying in Psalm 67. It says this, that God would be known and praised, enjoyed and feared among all the peoples of the earth. Can I hear an amen to that? Amen. Yeah. That's why he created the world. That's why he chose Israel. That's why he sent Christ so that he would be known and feared among the nations. And that's why he's called each one of us here today to live out this practice we call to be a faithful witness. To be a faithful witness. To give him the glory because he's called us to be faithful witnesses because the knowledge of God, the praise of God, the enjoyment of God, and the fear of God does not exist among the nations. As it says in Romans, uh, Romans that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There's a problem in our world and, and he's not being lifted up. And so we find our purpose in making God known, praised, enjoyed, enjoyed and feared among the nations. That's our purpose. That's the purpose of our blessing, that we are blessed to be a blessing. How many of you are familiar with the book by Rick Warren, The Purpose Driven Life? Just by show of hands, good number of you. That should be very consistent with the fact that the book sold 50 million copies. Like crazy, 50 million copies. And that book sold 50 million copies with the first four words of chapter one saying, it's not about you. It's not about you. Like purpose, like I want to know what it's about. Like it's not about you. Because God blesses us to be a blessing. And so if we are going to be a blessing to the world, if God has something more in mind for us as his followers, that we are blessed to be a blessing, then how are we a blessing to others? This idea again of being a faithful witness. And what does being a faithful witness mean? Well, again, I'm glad you asked. So let me talk about three things that really kind of pertain to this idea of being a faithful witness. First of all, in order to be a faithful witness, we need to unashamedly talk about our blessings. We are one of the most blessed nations in the world. And we need to share that. It says in James 1.17, every good and perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father of lights. Do you believe that everything that you've been given is a blessing from the Lord? Do you talk about them? Do you share in the joy and the expression of that blessing to others? You know, we just built this building right behind us, our family's building, and that has been a great blessing. And, and Denise and I, who have basically overseen the project, are like, praise the Lord, this thing's almost over because it's occupied a lot of our time and attention. But with that, like we've been able to share in the joy of what God's done through the generosity of his people as we've met with Flory Construction over the last year. And I just have really authentic conversations with the construction team, especially Joe and Jacob, who have been part of really our foreman on this project. And I just unabashedly share the blessings. Like, this is such a blessing. This is because of God's people that were able to build this building. Isn't this just great? Isn't this wonderful? And you know what? Um, this, uh, Flory Construction is owned uh, by Dave Flory, who's a believer in Jesus. And he's like, I can't tell you this project has changed those guys' lives. 
They haven't surrendered their lives to Christ yet, but they're so close and they're going to be here for our ribbon cutting on September 3rd and we are blessed to be a blessing, right? And so I get to share in the joy of what God's done through the generosity of you, his people, and to pass that on to Joe and to J uh, Jacob and just to sh tell them that we are blessed. I talk about this often in the blessing of our, my family as well. And I've shared this story with you, but as we talk about our families, we get to share in the blessing unashamedly, right? But for us, Jennifer and I struggled with infertility for eight years before we found out that we were pregnant with our son. And we named him after the prophet Zechariah, which means God remembered. And so we then count him as a blessing in our lives because the doctor said we couldn't have kids. And yet God said, I remember your prayers and the faithfulness, and so I will bless you and give you a son. And we named him Zachary after the prophet Zechariah. And so in telling that story, we get to give God glory for the blessings that he has made in our lives. And so, again, how are we telling the story of blessing? How are we telling the story of how God has blessed us and telling of that we are blessed God has blessed us to be a blessing. Another way that we can be faithful witnesses is to share our story. To share our story. To tell people really about the greatest blessing that we've had in our lives. And that is coming to know Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. Can I hear an amen to that? Yeah. And so all the people will be blessed because of our story. I mean, no one can argue with what God has done in our lives. We can argue apologetics, you know, and whether it was a literal seven days or not and God's creation and all that, but no one can argue with what God has done in our lives. 1 Peter 3.15 says this, it's commanded, be ready to give an account for the hope that you have in you, but do this with gentleness and with love. That we're to be ready, we're to give a defense, that we're to make a testimony to what God has done in our lives. In word, and indeed. Lastly, this on the faithful witness idea is this idea of invite somebody. Invite somebody. Simply ask them, would you join me and come to church? There was a study done by Lifeway. It's a publisher, um, a Southern Baptist Convention, a published uh, company. And they did a survey. And they asked people who didn't attend church if they would be likely to attend church if they were invited by somebody that they know. And guess what? 82%, actually, yeah, 82% of people said that they would be likely to attend church if they were invited. 82% would be likely to attend church if they were invited. But here's the sad reality. Based on the research from Lifeway, only 2% bother to invite someone to church. And I don't say that in a condemning way. I just say that in a way that we have some work to do, people, as a church, to be faithful witnesses, right? 2% will only bother to invite. Folks, we have the answer to the problems of this world in Jesus. It's like we have the cure to cancer, and we're not inviting people to come and hear the good news and the hope of, of Jesus and the way that he transforms and changed our lives. God wants to be known. He wants to be feared. He wants to be praised among the nations. Could you imagine if just 20% of us who attend church today 
We're to go out this week and invite one person. So 20% is about 150 of us. Just went out and invited one person to church this next week. Just one person. 85% likelihood that they would say yes if invited by a friend. That would mean that literally 120 people would attend church here at VCC for the first time. 120 more people. We have enough seats here for 120 more people, do we not? And so this is the challenge before us. That there is power in the ask. There is power in the invitation. We have not because we ask not. And the challenge here is that God calls us to be a faithful witness, that he has blessed us to be a blessing. And so from that perspective, we can begin to, in a way, unashamedly talk about our blessings, share our story, and invite someone to come and join us here at VCC. To give you an example of, of really how this could transform our world and transform lives and people you know, I invited Jason and Tiffany Alley to come and share their story. They were invited to VCC some 28 years ago, and Jason now serves as an elder, and Tiffany now serves as a deacon. Would you welcome them up to the stage? Thanks, Brian, for asking us up here to talk about the ask. Um, as he says, it's actually really close to our hearts because it's central to our testimony. But before we get there, we thought it would be good for you guys to have a little glimpse into our early years and what we were like as a couple some 28 years ago. We met in college. We were set up on a blind date for a sorority party. And as cliche as it sounds, it literally was love at first sight. Um, we were two people in the midst of a crowded room, and it was as if we were in a tunnel, completely focused on each other and our conversation. I would love to say that we had a whirlwind, blessed, three-year courtship that ended in a beautiful marriage. And while that's mostly true, it was also filled with trying, disheartening, and heartbreaking moments. Our first year of marriage was really hard. From the outside, we looked like a young, happy, newlywed couple, but behind closed doors, we struggled. Um, it was as each of us was subconsciously jockeying for position in our relationship, um, that if we gave an inch, we might somehow be taken advantage of or lose our identity. You were out to get me. <laughs> At least he thought so. But when we were navigating being husband and wife, we also faced some major life events during that time. Career changes, death of a beloved grandparent, pregnancy, birth of our first child. We purchased a house. And while all those individually are joyous events, when you put them all together, it was a heavy load. And we felt pushed to our breaking point. In fact, during that time, I remember sitting on my bed cradling my infant son in my arms and tears were streaming down my face and I thought what have I gotten myself into we moved to Pleasanton next door to a wonderful family with two young girls the Ruskas Larry Leslie Samantha and Sarah um, and we didn't know very many people in our new hometown and this family engaged us often it helped that the two girls wanted to use every opportunity to come visit our three-month-old son but Leslie just invited me to church one day. And I don't exactly remember how it happened, which is funny because of all those major events, this was the most momentous. 
I do know that Jason and I had always talked about raising our kids in church, um, giving them the religious education that we hadn't received. Much like you would take your kid to art class or music class, we were going to bring our kid to church. So on one of our front yard chats, I'm not sure if Leslie mentioned her faith or if I just came out and asked her, do you go to church? Her response was an exuberant yes, and she proceeded to gush about VCC. And then it came. Do you want to join us one Sunday? I said yes. And she continued to ask, and I continued to say yes. Numerous Sundays and every women's ministry event. And each and every time, I felt welcomed. Jason didn't attend with me at first, but that only was for a little while. I got my own mic. Yeah, you How about that? Yeah, not growing up in the church, I have to say the, the idea of attending just terrified me. Um, I thought I was going to walk in, there would be a spotlight on me, and everybody would turn and realize what I didn't know. Yeah, and um, so, but uh, that certainly didn't happen. What I found was a very welcoming and authentic group of men and women that just started asking. I got asked to participate in men's ministry events, uh, in sports ministry, in all church activities. And what I came to find is these were just regular people like Tiffany and I. They weren't brainwashed. They weren't going to try and brainwash us. It was very intimidating, so I wasn't sure what to expect. But we settled in, and as we did, God's Word and the Holy Spirit really started to do its work in us. And uh, before long, we answered the ultimate ask, and we said yes to God's yes to us. And it was as if uh, Pastor Heath, uh, Laren Heath that is, had interviewed the Ruskas to find out everything that he could about us to write the perfect sermons, to pick the perfect songs in order to win us over for Christ. And uh, we know that's not the case. That's the Holy Spirit's work. But it sure felt like it. And I remember uh, we used to meet in the hall next door. And I remember holding Tiffany's hand and we'd sit in those blue chairs and just bawl for uh, multiple weeks as we came to faith together. And, uh, you know, being able to share that with my best friend and my bride has just been a huge blessing um, and something I'm super grateful for because of Leslie's, uh, Leslie's ask. Um, but from there, the, uh, the asks became different, right? So it was being asked to join Bible studies. It was being asked to join a small group, uh, which we've been together now over 20 years. Uh, it was being asked to go on retreats and all sorts of different activities that were designed to help me grow, uh, us grow in our relationship with Jesus. Um, and then we were asked to volunteer, and we've held various volunteering. Uh, uh, we volunteered in different ways over the years, um, as Brian mentioned currently as deacon and elder. And uh, these asks were powerful. And all they changed our lives, they saved our lives. And that weight that Tiffany talked about earlier, it was lifted. Um, not all at once, and certainly not completely, uh, but the yoke was much, much lighter. And God started to do his work in my life, taking things out that needed to come out of my life. So abuse of alcohol, uh, chewing tobacco um, addiction, uh, struggles with lust, and the list is longer than that. But things that were literally sucking the life out of me. Um, as a couple, he uh, started to work on us and he made us better spouses, better parents, better children, better friends, better members of the community. And again, not all at once, and um, we're certainly not without sin. We're constant work in progress where we have setbacks and we, uh, we have advancements along the way. Um, 
but uh, it, it really has uh, been a blessing to be a part of this community. And so, you know, just something else to share. Tiffany and I recently were on a walk and we asked each other, you know, what is our personal mission right now? We've involved in a lot of different things. There was a sports ministry that we were involved with for about 15 years that was a big part of our lives. But right now, where God's put us, what's our personal mission? And uh, Brian, I promise I won't go into that because I don't want to, I know we don't have the time, but I'll say in both cases, it involved being deliberate about being more engaging with our community and being more engaging with all of you with here within VCC. And so uh, in, in summarizing, just making more asks. So just, uh, I guess, in the spirit of asks, we wanna ask all of you to join us in that. And uh, we've got great opportunity. Next week we have, um, I just got the bump. Next week we are all. You weren't, you weren't holding this too long. Oh, I thought that was, hey, Jason, wrap it up. Which, God bless Tiffany, I need her. I just gotta tell you that. Uh, we have uh, the all-service all um, where we're gathering together at 10 o'clock next week. There's a men's ministry event Dane talked about, a women's ministry opportunity that he talked about. So we have lots of reasons to ask. So um, let's all channel our inner Leslie Ruska. So anyway, thank you. Thank you, guys. Great job. Great job. Awesome. Wow, that was so good. So how do we bless the world? by being faithful witnesses, by unabashedly sharing the blessings that we have in Christ, by telling our story and inviting people to join us on a journey, on an adventure with Jesus. You know, as we've seen in the Psalms, that we are blessed as we spend time practicing out those seven practices of scripture meditation, of unceasing prayer, of life together, of unhurried presence, of joyful generosity, of compassionate gentleness, and faithful witness. As we practice those things, God brings blessing in our lives so that we can be a blessing to others, so that God would be known and praised and enjoyed and feared among the nations. That's our purpose. Jason and Allie were talking about this idea, what is their mission? Well, within the mission, they have a specific mission, but our mission as the church is to make Christ known among the nations, that we will be blessed to be a blessing. This is our mission. It's found in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus, before his ascension into heaven, told his followers to go, therefore, and make disciples. We call disciples here apprentices. And that word go means literally as you go. You don't need to go to Africa. You don't need to go to Mexico. You don't need to go to Ensenada or wherever. That happens to be in Mexico. But uh, you don't need to, to go somewhere to fulfill God's purpose and plan for you. It's as you go, as you go to Trader Joe's, as you go to Knob Hill, as you go to the park, as you walk your dog, as you're out in the community, as your place of employment, you are making disciples, apprentices of Jesus. And you're teaching them all that Christ commanded. And you're identifying them through baptism as well. And so that is our mandate, to make apprentices. That is our mandate, to make Christ known among the nations. That is our mandate, to make Christ praised among the nations. And that's what I walked away with 38 years ago when I attended Expo 85 in Santa Clara at the Marriott. 
that God wanted to be known and praised and exalted amongst the nations. And little did I know that on that particular conference that God would do something in my life to transform my thinking and help me realize that we worship a global God. And he got a hold of my heart for the nations, much like he got a hold of this psalmist's heart for the nations. And little did I know that just six months later that I would be going on mission to the former Soviet Union. Back in the days, it was a communist country. And like, who goes to a communist country as a college student to tell others about Jesus? Well, Brian did. I was just crazy enough to bring God to the nations so that his name would be exalted and praised among the people. And they needed the hope and message of Jesus. And so I raised the support to go, and God used that time in a significant way to continue to transform my heart. But then one year later, I'm at another winter conference with Campus Crusade for Christ, this time at the Hyatt Regency in Monterey. And guess what? That little man that was traveling the world telling others about Jesus, he was in a room with me and 12 other college students. And he was inviting me to come help change the world. That God wanted to use me to bring the message of hope to others. Just like he wants to use you to bring that message of hope to others. And it begins with a simple yes. Yes, Lord, I am available to be used by you. I, I want to join you on this adventure of making your name known and praised among the nations. It begins with a yes. And also, this journey begins with a yes for those who don't yet know Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. You see, the greatest blessing in my life was when I came to faith in Christ in August of 1980 and surrendered my life to Jesus and said, yes, Lord, I want to follow you. Little did I know what that adventure would do in my life and where it would lead me. But I said, yes. And if you're here today and you don't have that hope and that reality that Jason and, uh, Jason, the Allies, Jason and Tiffany talked about, I want to invite you to just simply, in, in the quietness of your heart, say yes to Christ. You say, yes, Lord, I'm in need of you. I have fallen short, and I need you so that I can be blessed and have life everlasting with you. So no matter where you are in the journey of faith, God invites us to fellowship, to relationship, to communion with him, and he desires to bless us to be a blessing. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for today. We thank you for the truths of your word, Lord, that uh, you desire to be known and praised, exalted amongst the nations for your glory. We are simply your vessels, Lord. And so, Father, I pray that you would use this community known as Valley Community Church to be a blessing to this region for your glory, for your praise, for your honor, Lord, and that we would be faithful witnesses to give praise to who you are and what you've done in our lives. Thank you for the Alley story, Lord, uh, for how there are so many stories like theirs here at VCC. And I just pray, Lord, that there would continue to be more stories like that for your praise, for your honor, and for your glory. Lord, we, we just commit this space to you, and we thank you for this time that we've had together. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And God's people said, amen, amen.
as we come.